18 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk. We shift our attention now to Lagos State in Nigeria, uh, where security forces uh, cracked down on peaceful protests uh, after mass demonstrations uh, over recent days uh, brought uh, that uh, city, Africa's largest city, to a standstill. And I'm joined on the line by activist and founder of the news agency Sahara Reporters, uh, Omoyele Soware. Omoyele, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's a sad day here in Nigeria. It's very indeed, sad. indeed, indeed. You know, the last time I spoke to you uh, was the uh, presidential elections uh, in uh, Nigeria. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like a lifetime ago now uh, when we consider some of the uh, developments that have happened over the last day or so. For, for some of us who might not be familiar, I guess, uh, in this part of the world, uh, with some of the uh, issues that have given rise to these mass protests. Uh, that might be a good place for us to start. Yes, um, this is very true. A lot of people don't know that uh, Nigeria is in, uh, in the mess. As a matter of fact, I'll go back a little bit, and I saw on October 1, a statement issued by our colleagues at EFF, uh, you know, and they were praising the Nigerian government. And I was like, my heart was bleeding. And I wish I could reach out to Malima uh, and say, why are you doing this to your brothers in Nigeria? If this is the kind of statement that embodies this uh, criminal element in Nigeria to do what they just did yesterday. Anyways, um, we're at that point where South Africa was in um, March 1960, the Chapel Massacre. Nigerians have been have just been massacred by, you know, some of his uh, deadliest rulers. Yesterday, we don't even have uh, the numbers yet, but uh, a lot of people killed, a lot of people maimed, wounded, and a lot of people who remain damaged forever uh, psychologically. Mm-hmm. This heavy-handed response. Um, I mean. On the one hand, a phase of the protest was around ending some of the uh, law enforcement units here that had been responsible for untold brutality. Um, and it yeah. seems that, I guess, as the protest continued, um, you know, um, yesterday, nothing short of a heavy-handed response, and I must say even a brutal response on the part of the security forces. Uh, um, any explanation from, I guess, the federal government uh, and even, I guess, the, uh, yeah, was, uh, the uh, so uh, local government? Of those of you who are listening... For those of you who are listening to me in South Africa and elsewhere, Nigeria doesn't have a government. It's just a bunch of uh, disparate individuals, disparate and desperate, who take laws into their hands, and they have relationship with different law enforcement agencies, and whenever they want to clamp down or crack down anyone, they just go ahead and do it. And uh, our almost senile president, uh, as is just smiling, I don't think he knows what is going on, if you ask me. But um, that is not an excuse to escapate him from this uh, criminal crime uh, in against humanity. Right now, Nigeria is a crime state, and we need forensic uh, experts. And, and I, I mean, when you put it like that, um, it certainly makes one wonder sort of what's... Uh, I don't know how to put this, you know, what is the way out of this impasse? I mean, uh, uh, one can anticipate that many of the protesters after this kind of heavy-handed action will continue to protest. Well, I think uh, the way out is a turning point. 
a Jotai Sharp massacre was the turning point for South Africans in 1960. Mm. Uh, I hope this is a turning point for us in uh, 2020. Uh, and that's how many years apart? Uh, 60 years? You know, but what is sad yeah, about exactly. it... Exactly. 60 that, years, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's sad about it is that Africans do this to themselves. And it seems like uh, African rulers have learned nothing, but they all, they've also forgotten nothing. Yeah. Omoyole, I want us to uh, pause here for a second. We're going to take a quick uh, ad break. When we come back, right. I want us to maybe engage, um, I guess, the point you were making earlier on of uh, Nigeria being, a gov I guess, a state without a government. Um, and I'm quite interested, yeah. I guess, in, in how you also see this as a manifestation of intergenerational tensions uh, uh, within yeah. the society of Nigeria and uh, its political economy. And we'll continue after this. We're under the microscope this evening and uh, we're shining a spotlight on uh, what's unfolding in the West African nation of Nigeria, Africa's most populous nation. And uh, we're speaking to activist and founder of the news agency, Sahara reporters Omoyele Soware, and uh, certainly a sad state of affairs indeed. And uh, Omoyele, they're drawing parallels between uh, what happened in Lekki yesterday and uh, uh, what happened 60 years ago in Sharpville. Uh, the uh, wanton uh, uh, murder and uh, gunning down of uh, many protesters there. And Omar Yele, I'm quite interested in your view on what many people are suggesting is a bubbling over and manifestation of intergenerational tensions uh, in the society and in the political economy of Nigeria. And uh, I can certainly pick up parts of that in your assessment of uh, the president of Nigeria, but also the political system. I agree. Uh, the the, for so long, the Nigerian state has messed uh, with a generation of young people. And we call them all kinds of names. We make fun of them. We call them Indomie generation. After the Indomie... Uh, the noodles, yeah. Yeah, Indomie. We call them uh, the BB Niger generation because they love to watch BB, Big Brother Africa and Big Brother Niger. We've we've, been, we've assaulted and insulted their sensibilities and said, you know, enough is enough, you know, because contrary, contrary to what people say out there, this is not about police brutality. Police brutality is just an outlet for what is going on. They are upset. It's pent up anger in the system, and they're just looking for an outlet to express it. And this was the most convenient symbolism they can use to fight power. And my group, which I've worked with since 2019, that was why I went to detention for five months last year, was a revolution now. We've always said, like, Nigeria is due for a total overhaul and needs a revolution. And uh, I think that's where we are. Nigeria right now is in the middle of a revolution. Yes. Uh, I don't know when it will end, but I know even if this is put down now, it will resume again with uh, bigger ferocity. But like every one of them have said, the Nigerian government is just messed with the wrong generation. And they're going to pay heavily mm -hmm. for it. When, when you say that, what do you mean? I mean, and, uh, some people, uh, you know, might have just uh, at face value. Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, when, this is first generation Nigerians are like tech savvy, you know, who don't rely on government jobs 
don't rely on government to give them news. So they create their own content news, they create their own jobs, they create their own wealth. And they just haven't depended on anybody. And they wish they were left to be free, but the government keeps assaulting their sensibilities and uh, now they're risen up and uh, they're fighting back. Of course, uh, the natural cause and uh, stupid response is for government to shoot at them with the uh, Nigerian army, police, and every other security agency out there. They did it to me last year when I was detained for five months just for expressing myself fully, uh, you know, about what is going on in the country. Today, interestingly, the United Nations Human Rights Council issued uh, a report on my detention which says that uh, the Nigerian government was wrong in every ramification to have done what it did to me. But today is not about me. It's about all these young people who have resiliently, I'm sorry, resiliently uh, coming to fight. Because as we speak, they are still on the street. They're fighting the police, they're fighting the army. You know, they're fighting power. And that's, we have never in the history of contemporary, I mean, the contemporary history of Nigeria, seen this massive level of uh, resistance before. I was uh, one of the student mm-hmm. leaders in uh, 1993 who fought against the annulment of uh, the June 12 election. I'll tell you, uh, we didn't have this mass on the street. In those days. If we did, probably Nigeria would have been a different place today. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I mean, you, you started to touch on, I guess, the multilateral response on the part of the likes of the UN and others. ECOWAS, the African Union, uh, your view on them and how they've responded, if at all, to this? <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I laugh at the African Union. The African Union is a tea party, you know, or a cocoa party. It's just it's, it's an old man's club of African dictators who come around every year, fall asleep, wake up, give species that are prepared. Uh, some of the species are like, which is in 1960, they don't change. They just change the date. I mean, imagine an African Union of uh, Museveni, in an African Union of uh, the president of Ivory Coast, who is going for a third time, an African Union of uh, the president of Guinea, who is going for a third time at the age of 80. You know, an African Union that Nigeria is what do you expect out of those African unions? Man, it's a criminal gang of uh, dictators. I'm sorry to say, for those of you who might feel a little offended, the African Union is a toothless bulldog. I wouldn't even waste my time on the African Union. Sure, sure. Omoyele, I mean, this this also comes at a time where uh, there's been a consolidated security response to what is happening in the north of Nigeria. And uh, many people uh, uh, potentially, I guess, saying that uh, and maybe drawing some links between uh, this movement and uh, some of what we've seen in uh, many of the oil-rich parts of the north. Uh, um, is that a safe connection to make or are people reaching here in an attempt to delegitimize what's happening in Lagos? No, I, I you know, I mean, yes, what has happened in Nigeria is what we've ignored. It's, it's widespread. In, uh, I mean, I think it was uh, the Shias that was, that was killed by the army some few years ago. 
still a lot of talk about them overnight. We ignored it. Because we felt like, oh, you know, they, have, they painted them as Muslim extremists. And, you know, as a result, they deserve, like, extrajudicial killing executions. They killed children, women, men, everybody could kill. Bury them in shallow grave. Nobody paid attention, not even the United Nations or the EU, not the ECOWAS. And then they went after the IPOP guys. The IPOP guys are young people in the southeastern part of Nigeria asking for independence because of the, mm. the way Nigeria is messed up. They killed it. They killed them extrajudicially. We ignored it. Now it has come to the to Lagos, metropolitan Lagos, where in the first history of Nigeria, peaceful protesters just sitting around and waving Nigerian flag and singing national anthem were mowed down. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you preach, Nigerian state doesn't care about you. And, but the impunity has not gone on for so long, and for some reason the citizens have excused it for so long too, and now it's become a monster that we made. Omoyele, uh, we'll have to leave it there, and I certainly hope we can catch up with you as... Uh Many of these developments unfold, but I really appreciate you taking time out uh, to speak to us this evening, uh, albeit in a very, very difficult context where there's uh, been massive loss of life and the maiming of people uh, over the last day or so. And I uh, saw some of those visuals coming through from Lecky uh, at toll gates there. And uh, yeah, really gutting images. As always, appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you again and hope to be on your show. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Take care. All the best. Omoyele Soware, activist and founder of the news agency Sahara Reporters and uh, uh, certainly one of the political voices there in Nigeria, uh, involved in uh, protests in his early life as a student uh, in the late 80s and uh, early 90s against the military rule and the military juntas that ran uh, uh, Nigeria at the time and uh, also a founder of uh, a groundbreaking multimedia platform. And uh, he was arrested last year sometime, we understand. Uh, for uh, some of uh, his uh, activities and giving us there, of course, um, you can hear it in his voice. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, certainly somebody who is reflecting very deeply on uh, this inflection point that uh, Africa's most populous nation finds itself in. And I must say the silence of many of our multilateral platforms uh, here in South Africa, even some of our media platforms on the score, is deafening. It's deafening. And I guess uh, it feeds into all of the things that we often speak about, this idea that um, I guess what happens in a place like the nation of Nigeria on the continent is uh, something that happens in another world. We'd rather maybe report on something happening all the way out in Portugal or the United Kingdom. And uh, certainly a story we're going to be following very closely here uh, on the Metro FM Talk. 9 p.m. is the time, so I was up in Dambondozobawo.